Welcome to InsideCatholicPhilly.com, where we explore the Catholic faith as it's experienced in church and in everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. And along with our guests, we discuss the Catholic take on everything from sacraments and Sunday Mass to social media and sports, based on CatholicPhilly.com's award-winning news and commentary. Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian, here with our editor, Matt Gambino. Matt, always good to have you with us. Hello again, Gina. And Matt and I are still here on site at St. Charles Borromeo Seminary in Wynwood, and we're wrapping up what's become a real Lenten tradition for us at CatholicPhilly.com. We've been asking some of our seminarians here at St. Charles Borromeo to journey with us through Lent by sharing their reflections on the Sunday Gospels. And after this incredibly challenging year, marked by COVID, marked by racial reckoning, and marked by social unrest, these scriptures have become even more precious to us. And we're hoping our seminarians will continue to help us better understand and apply the scripture to our lives. And wrapping up our Lenten season of reflection here with the gospel for the sixth Sunday of Lent is Randy Kraft. Randy, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. We're so glad to have you. Randy, where are you from? I am from Huntington Valley. Uh, my parish is Our Lady of Good Counsel in Southampton. You are in Second Theology? Second Theology, yeah. I've been here since first college, so really? I've been here for a while, yeah. I'm a lifer, that's what they would call me. That's more and more unusual, too, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. not as much as you would think, okay. but yeah, it definitely is. That's great. Well, Randy, you have the crowning gospel of <laughs> Lent. <laughs> upon which to reflect. Matt, take it away. We are looking at... Sure. Well, we've been hearing from the Gospel of John the last few weeks. Our passion narrative is taken from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14 through chapter 15, 47. Basically, as the narratives for Passion or Palm Sunday are, it's about the crucifixion and death of our Lord. But this Gospel begins with the woman coming to anoint Jesus with costly oil. And it starts to envision the burial of Jesus. And from that, they go to the Passover meal and the preparations for the Passover meal, at which time Jesus institutes the Eucharist as we would come to know it. And following that, there's the agony in the garden as the disciples keep falling asleep and our Lord keeps waking them until he is betrayed and he comes before the Sanhedrin and the trial of our Lord and his crucifixion and death on the cross and ending, of course, with Joseph securing the body of Jesus and burying him in a new tomb. So it's quite a long reading. Um, The thing is that we're all very familiar with these events. How are they new for us again this year? How are they new for us again this year? Well, one thing, uh, as I was reading and praying about these readings, and again, there's a a lot of ways, a lot Mm. of directions that I could have gone, but I think one thing that stood out to me was how many times Jesus is called the king. And it's, of course, in a, in a mocking or an insulting way. But I think, ironically, this gospel is revealing to us exactly what kind of king Jesus is. He's a king who leads us by letting himself be led to the cross. And the message that I think the, the Holy Spirit has for us in this gospel this Sunday is about suffering. And, of course, uh, like you were saying, Gina, with, with the COVID and all, all the things of this year, you know, there, there's a lot of suffering coming our way. And the cross is just unavoidable. And if our King Jesus has has taken up this cross, then how much more for those in his kingdom? How much more for those in his kingdom? And I think the good news, the good news for us is that this this cross, this suffering, it ultimately leads to salvation. It ultimately leads to the grace that is saving us. And so this cross that is coming our way, this cross that Jesus is asking us to embrace, we could dismiss it 
And if we dismiss it, it's just, it's just pain and suffering, and that's it. But if we accept it as he did, then it's not only saving us, but it's saving those we love, and it's building up that kingdom where Jesus is the king. And I think, again, in this, in this year of particular challenges, particular sufferings, I think this is one way the gospel is speaking to us. And I like the way you point out that this cross leads somewhere. This suffering leads somewhere. Because amid the pandemic in particular, so many people feel that it's just endless. It's just going on. It's going on. It's going on. There's a vaccine. Now there's problems with getting vaccines out there. I mean, this has an end, and it's a good end. But it is through suffering. Right. Right. It's interesting that we're being asked not to avoid this suffering. Right. Now, nobody wants to suffer, but Jesus does not try to avoid this. He kind of goes where it's going. He knows where it's going to end. But the indignities and the injustices that lead up to it, he doesn't avoid, even when it is very unjust. And, you know, we are hearing about the trials. We witness the trials in Washington. And we see in the, in the gospel where the witnesses, their testimony does not agree. They can't even come to an agreement on what justice is. Mm -hmm. So they hand Jesus over, and they're done with him. They can't achieve justice, so they will let injustice happen. I find it's very interesting that Jesus lets that happen as well. He doesn't fight them because he knows where it's all leading. Right. Well, I think that begins in the garden, really, when he says, not my will, but your will be done. And I think the thing with suffering is that we have to embrace it and choose to remain in it. Because in a certain way, when the suffering comes our way, our first instinct is to try to run away from it, to try to avoid it. But the thing that Jesus wants us to do is say, you know, not my will, but the Father's will be done. And if he's allowing this to happen to me, then it must be for some purpose. There must be some good that is going to be derived from this. And it's ultimately about asking myself, can I choose not to run away from the suffering, but can I choose to accept it with the freedom that God wants me to accept it with? There's another thing this gospel on Passion Sunday asks us to do, and that is to participate in the reading of the gospel by saying lines that frankly make me squirm. You know, I mean, I think, oh, I'm a good Catholic. I go to Mass. I try to live my faith, and I'm saying, crucify him at Mass. And I've always been so uncomfortable with it. But that's part of embracing the suffering and the reality of this gospel, is it not? I think so. And I think because I've been praying a lot with the Sacred Heart of Jesus recently, and what you say about, you know, joining in with the gospel, saying crucify him, crucify him. You know, the truth is it's, it's our sins that Jesus is bearing on that cross. And in a certain sense, even if we're not explicitly there, explicitly saying crucify him, well, it is our sins that are leading to his death on the cross. We're why he's there, but he, he does it out of love. He doesn't just say, well, you've, you've kind of put me here and now I just have to deal with it. No, he says, because of your sin, I choose to love you in this way, to go to the cross and die for you. But we're also among those witnesses who couldn't change the outcome, but they were accompanying him, encountering him in his humanity, in that hour of suffering. We hear about Mary Magdalene. We hear about Mary, the mother of James and Joseph and Salome. We hear these people all around. They're not the ones convicting. They're not the ones crucifying, but they are accompanying him, even in suffering. I suppose we could see ourselves in them as well. Yeah, and I think we can even accompany Jesus right now today in his suffering through prayer, just by putting ourselves into that passion narrative. And, you know, one of the things I did uh, on the spiritual year was the 30-day retreat, the Ignatian 30-day retreat. And, and the way that he tells you to pray is to put yourself into the scene and make yourself, you know, one of the bystanders, make yourself one of the soldiers, make yourself, you know, Simon carrying the cross, whatever it may be. And I think that's one way that we can make this gospel come alive for ourselves is to pray in that way, put ourselves into the scene 
and just say, Jesus, there's nothing I can really do or say to change this, but I can be here with you and I can show you that you're doing this because you love me and I'm here because I love you and I want to accompany you in your passion, to share in it if that's what your will is for me. And at the end, I think the last line of this gospel is so powerful. Towards the end, we see that the veil of the sanctuary was torn in two from top to bottom. When the centurion who stood facing him saw how he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Not the reaction you would expect. No, and I think that we see that veil torn open at every Mass in the Eucharist. And of course, that's another part of the gospel, the institution of the Eucharist, which Jesus does before his death because he wants us to continue to participate in his death and ultimately his resurrection. And like that centurion, when we're at Mass and we receive the Eucharist, we say along with him, truly, this is the Son of God. Amen. Very good. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Randy. Pleasure having you here. All the best in your journey through the rest of Lent and Holy Week. Yes. And to your priesthood. Thank you very much. God bless. God bless. So you've heard our thoughts. What about yours? Reach out to us and let us know. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Catholic Philly or visit us online at catholicphilly.com. Thanks so much to Matt Gambino, the editor of catholicphilly.com. I'm your host, Gina Christian. And until next time, may God bless and keep you. This podcast has been a production of CatholicPhilly.com. Music by Dustin Taylor Phillips. For more information, visit us online at CatholicPhilly.com.